We're here today with Dave Lanthier. He heads up the career transition class here at Christ Church Memphis. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. So first thing that I want to know, Dave, how long have you been a member at Christ Church? Been a member since uh, when Maxie, I mean, when Shane came. I think that's uh, about 11, 11, 12 years now. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. are you born and raised Memphis? Where are you from? No, I'm originally from uh Illinois. I was born in Chicago. Okay. How I got to Memphis was I was uh, worked for a conglomerate, Gulf and Western Manufacturing Company, and they um, were closing their office in Oak Brook, Illinois, and they offered me a job either in Southfield, Michigan, like the suburb of mm-hmm. Detroit. And I said, well, what else do you have? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, uh, we have a division in Memphis. So I came down in an HR position. Human resources mm. has been my profession since I got out of the Navy. I've worked in human resources. And what was it about human resources that drew you in? The variety of the type of work. I mean, it's from employment to benefits, compensation, mm-hmm. labor relations. I, I did a lot of labor relations mm-hmm. with unions. So, I mean, it's a very people-centric position. Are you a people person? I believe I am. (laughs) I I enjoy people and I enjoy working with people. HR is one of these roles that is kind of a guiding post type position. Mm -hmm. People come to HR for advice and counsel, particularly when it comes to dealing with employees. But I've always enjoyed that and I thought, I think I do it pretty well. Yeah. Moved through a career well. So how long did you do HR in your life since you got out of the Navy? Well, I've done it. That was when I got out of the Navy. I mean, I'm older than Methuselah. (laughs) (laughs) I got out of the Navy in 1964, and I got an HR job soon thereafter in Chicago and then relocated to Memphis. How many companies have you been with that you did HR for? Let's see, one, two, three, about six. Mm. It's fascinating. Six, yeah. Some in chemical uh, chemical uh, manufacturing. I was involved in the steel manufacturing, that conglomerate that mm-hmm. I was talking about, and then healthcare mm-hmm. and service industry for a while. Okay. But healthcare a lot. Yeah. Well, so you were telling me earlier, you had a a call from the Holy Spirit about your job and HR and everything. Can you tell me that story? Sure. Well, it was 2003. Specifically, I had a, um, at this point in my career, I was doing consulting. And I had a small consulting company that I formed. And I had a partner. So we were working together. but. All of a sudden, I kept getting this message in my head that I should start a career support type meeting. And at first, I just pushed it down. You know, I don't me. Mm. And but this message kept coming back. I mean, when you can't get something out of your head and it keeps coming back. Somebody is talking to you, mm-hmm. and I can—I really considered that to be the Holy Spirit asking me, asking me to start a career support meeting. 
So my partner and I, I asked my partner if he would want to do that with me, and he did. So we met with the two pastors of our churches, and we started basically a career support meeting at Bartlett United Methodist Church. Did that for seven, eight, nine years and transferred my membership over here. And Ray Henley was doing the uh, career support at the time here. He asked me to help him. And we we started the program as it is kind of now, teaching. Tell me, so I want to know a little bit about your faith. Did you grow up in the church? Was was it come? Did it come to you later in life? I'm just wondering what led up to that moment where the Holy Spirit called you. You know, I I can tell you that I you know I've always been an advocate of going to church. I grew up uh, Catholic. Mm-hmm. When I met my wife, I switched to the Methodist Church some forty some years ago. So. Yeah, my faith has has been growing as as a mature individual. I think I say mature. I'm <laughs> old guy, but you increase in your faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mature in your faith by study, by word, by seeing good examples in the church and Christ Church. I would just say is marvelous as far as the opportunity is to meet people and grow. And I'm kind of an outward type person anyway. Uh, I've always assumed some leadership roles wherever I've been. But that's kind of my faith story. It's just my wife and I, we do Bible study. We do different programs together. And, and one of the things that is unique about it is after we listen to something or take notes, then we shut down whatever, if it's kind of TV set or, or computer, and then we talk about what we mm-hmm. learn. So if you have a relationship with your spouse or a friend or somebody close to you mm-hmm. that you can talk about issues, that's uh, marvelous. I think mm-hmm. that's a great, great thing to have. Mm-hmm. Had you ever had God put a call in on your heart quite like that moment to start the career support class? Never, never. That was so unique that it was no question about uh, Mm -hmm. what it was. I mean, we always get messages that get out of bed, go uh, to the prayer breakfast or do this. I mean, if you can get up early at 5 o'clock to go fishing, you can sure get up at 6.30 to go to prayer breakfast. Uh, Mm -hmm. That kind of pushing or nudging, but this was different. This was a distinct message Mm -hmm. to do this particular type of work. And you mentioned that you kind of resisted at the beginning. What was it that finally pushed you over the edge to say, I need to do this? I don't know, but I'm I'm glad he did. I'm glad I did it. I think the persistence of the message, Mm -hmm. I think it just, there was no question in my mind who was speaking to me. Mm. If you have a message from the Holy Spirit, I've, Truly recommend you listen. <laughs> you probably to hear that one out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you started that. You started the class in 2003. Is that correct? 2003. I've been doing it for 20 years. Wow. So I'm imagining you've seen some fruitfulness in those years of doing this. I want to get into the class a little bit more, but first, can you kind of give me 
a broad overview of what the class is and what career support, career transitions, as we call it here at Christchurch. Sure. Can you kind of give me an overview of what it is now and just to kind of help people understand mm-hmm. that? Well, it is now the same thing that it is, has always been. And that is it's instruction. The way I've designed this particular type of uh, ministry, it's instruction, it's teaching how to interview, spend 8, 10, 12 weeks on just on interviewing, behavioral interviewing, how to answer key questions, talk about networking, how to network for to find a job, who do you network with, resume building or construction of a resume online, and, and if it has uh, applicant tracking systems nowadays, you want to have designed a particular type of resume for that, and then a base resume. Mm. So basically, those are, those are some of the key elements. I mean, there are others programs that we have, but those are by far the ones that are the most prevalent. Mm. But there was a, a key word that you mentioned that I want to hone in on. You said ministry. Can you tell me about Yes, you're building skills to help these people with a very important part of their life, which is finding a career and finding a job to put Mm -hmm. food on the table. But there's also a ministry here. Can you tell me kind of how you weave ministry into what you're doing? Well, I pray Mm -hmm. uh, at the start of every meeting. That's been something I've just always done. And I bring the Lord into uh, this and Scripture. So that's a ministry to me. And I say it's a ministry also because there are many others that have preceded me at this church. I don't know if you knew this, but this program goes back to about 1980 or so at this church. And there are those pioneers like Burns Landis is one, Ted Medlin, Mike Sheehan, as I mentioned before, Ray Henley, and even others before that. And so this this program of helping the unemployed is not new to this church. So I consider the career support here the church's program. It's Mm -hmm. been here before I came. I'm just helping out the church in this ministry to help the unemployed. Mm -hmm. Because if you've ever been unemployed, it's it's a scary area when you don't have enough money to pay your bills or feed your family. So people suffer when they're emotionally suffer. Mm. Well, that's something that I wanted to talk about is you see people at a very vulnerable time in their life. Right. How have you been able to pray into their lives or speak to them? How have you seen God move in people's lives? That it's not in their time, it's mm. in His time. In other words, most of the people want something right away. They want a quick fix. And I can't tell them how long it'll take. They have to work hard. But God has a plan. And I tell them that I know they'll work again. The question is, doing what? How long will it take to find that job? You know, how much will it pay? Will it be in Memphis, et cetera? You know, so that's what I do. And I mean, it seems like, I mean, even like the idea of moving away from Memphis to start a new career, I mean, you have to help people overcome a tremendous burden of where they may have roots planted. They may have all these things built up around life. Can you talk about 
just how you help people understand God's will for their life and submitting to that through your class. Just in in the fact of that it's a group meeting and they see people that have been out six or eight months find work by example. I mean, that's that's how, uh, you know, I can talk all I want to. And I, I believe in the scripture is infallible, mm-hmm. but people have to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Some of the people in this program have to just witness others getting work. And as we see graduates after graduate after graduate, I even asked some of the graduates to come back and talk to the class about how long it takes and waiting and being patient and trusting in the Lord, mm. trusting that He will take care of them. Mm. You know, he's, we're more valuable than the birds and, and the fish, and <laughs> we, know that, we know the Scripture that God tells us how important we are to Him. We just have to love one another. And I think this uh, program demonstrates love for a fellow, and the people interact. The people that are in the class interact with one another, and that shows their love for one another, too. That's, I wanted to ask, you mentioned that it was a group setting, and it seems like a lot of these things could be really one-on-one conversations, but how does it being in a group setting help each other build up in the gospel and things like that? Just in, in uh, I think, their interaction or love for one another. Mm-hmm. The message that I'm referring to or the scripture verse is in the latter part of Matthew. I don't know if it's chapter 24 or something where the Pharisees are asking Jesus what the greatest commandment is. And he said, love the Lord, the God, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor at and the second commandment is equally important. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Or That's what this program is all about in, in the interaction with people mm-hmm. and my relation to them, too. I mean, that's why I do it, yeah. you know. Besides being called to do it, there's that scripture that says, love your neighbor. And how can you not help, mm-hmm. you know? Let's, and I was wondering, I'm assuming, because... Job loss affects everyone, not just Christians or believers. But have you had people come in that were non-believers into the class before? Yeah, we have different faiths. We have uh, some Jewish people that come in. And sometimes I'll ask them to to say a prayer. Mm -hmm. I've done that. But typically, um, they listen to the Christian message. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's all received favorably. Nobody has said, I I don't like you to pray. I've never heard that once. Mm. Matter of fact, to the contrary, I've had many people come and say, that message was really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes during the meeting, I don't do this all all the time, but I will, when I read a message, because I don't, I have to read, uh, read something and they will tell me that that really impacted them, that particular message. And could I have a copy of that or something, you know? And that makes me really, warms my heart, I think, when someone tells me that the message really meant something. Mm. It's an emotional gathering. I mean, it really helps people with their self-confidence, I believe, because they understand there are others that are unemployed. And it's kind of a um, support group, so to speak, as we meet. But most of the people not only come to our meeting here, 
they go to one or two of the others. So I think they get a lot. And and the other people are just like myself. They're business people that have been there, done that, and been on the unemployment lines and, and want to give back to the community. You do give good advice. You give help on how to get back into the job, get a career, get back onto the path. But you also offer that emotional support. And I kind of want to talk about that for a second, just the duality of the class and the two things that you approach. How do you open it up to the class to make sure that you're getting both of those in there at the same time and one's not eating the other one in terms of time? Or how do you manage the class to make sure that you're getting the information that they need to get set, but they're also getting the support that they need? Well, the emotional support, I think, what we do initially at the beginning of the meeting is we ask the participants to tell us where they are in their job search. We bring it to, a, it's a personal involvement on each person. So each person, we go around the table and take a few minutes each to tell tell the leaders mm-hmm. and the others that are attending where they're at, what they've been doing, who they're interviewing with, if they have networking meetings. And um, being unemployed means you have to spend a lot of time. Your job is looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So you have to spend the time. But it's it's that open communication, I think, is the answer to your question. That brings people emotionally together. Because they, it's like a small Christian group mm-hmm. that we talk about. Get it as a member of a church. Get in a small group. This is like a small group mm-hmm. in that we share our feelings and, and things like health, mm-hmm. fear, lack of confidence, long periods of unemployment, how to communicate that. It's some of the things that we do to bring people together emotionally. Mm is communication yeah telling us what's going on in our lives that's an emotional it's emotional things i mean that's great well as we start to wrap up i want to bring it full circle and come back to you and how does it feel to see god use your 30 years of experience doing hr and now you're getting to pour into this ministry the way that you do how does that feel as a christian as a believer to see your life's work coming into this ministry well, at the pinnacle of the age that I'm at, mm. it's easy for me to look back and understand that uh, I'm doing I'm doing this ministry, and I didn't really talk about this because I also lost one of my jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you're un- unemployed in between positions due to layoff or reorganization or whatever it was in my case, makes you more sensitive to other people because you've been there. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's, so tell me a little bit about, I mean, you're living into the God, the call that God's put on your life. How have you seen the fruitfulness from that impact you? How has it changed your perception of God because of you living into this? Well, I know that he, I realized the plan he had. Hmm. He said, you have to lose this job Mm. so that you can teach for 20 years. Mm. And I would have never, in my uh, wildest dreams, would have thought that I would be doing teaching for this long. Mm. 
to the unemployed, just trying to give back to them. But I suppose I feel somewhat proud but humble that I answered the call. And uh, not quite sure how long I, I'm going to keep doing it, I guess, until I fall over. <laughs> well, so what is your encouragement? I want to get your word of encouragement for two things. First off, for people that hear the call to pursue something in, your li- in their life, what's your encouragement to them? Uh, don't deny it. Answer the call. Mm-hmm. That's the only answer. You have to, if you, if you have a calling to do something, you have to pursue it. Mm. It may not be as you think it would be. It might be foreign missions, but maybe you don't go overseas. Mm. You know, it could be some administrative role locally or in, in the United States in, to help the mission work. But God has a plan, and you just you have to not ignore your part in the plan. You have to work hard and do everything you can, but he'll open the right doors. He'll guide and direct you. And I would recommend everybody else just answer the call. Mm-hmm. So my, my last question, for those who are experiencing job loss right now, who are searching, what's your word of encouragement for them? Come here. <laughs> Come and hear from some experts about how to look for a job. If, if you're unemployed right now, there's hope. For sure, trust in the Lord and know that uh, you will work again, but you have to work hard at it. Sometimes you need advice and how to do it. The Career Support Network of Memphis is how to do it. Mm. That's and, really great. Yeah. That's really great, Dave. Thanks so much for sharing today. We appreciate yeah, you and well, all that you do. For you're welcome. Ministry.